0: Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Good morning everyone. That was so flattering, that welcome all over, around the world, Philippines, El Salvador, Hillary's. Awesome, amazing. Hope everyone's having a great morning so far Um, and it's a truly a privilege and honor. Thank you so much, Pastor Steve, and Pastor Nicole, is not here, for trusting us to share a message this morning. Okay, so what an awesome morning we had. I love that we had that Beyond Drive, that plus one movement. Um, we're making impact to everyone's lives. I just want to mention that again. So, um, I know, hope everyone is on the perfect, um, yeah, feeling right now. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's having a good day. For, for myself, it's been really a struggle for the past couple of weeks. So I've been inundated with a myriad of health issues. So I woke up one Monday with swollen eyelids. All of a sudden I've got rushes all over my body, some abdominal cramps I can't get, really, uh, get, really, uh, get rid of. So three doctor appointments in three consecutive days. So I've got some tests done, um, waiting for results. So all that's happening it can be very overwhelming. So just imagine coming on a Sunday is, is a true challenge sometimes. So if you're the best of health and you're having a fantastic time, you've got your holiday book, you've got everything in your family sorted, works all running smoothly, you can say it's really easy to praise and worship and say, yes, Lord, God, you're so good. Everything's so great. Everything's great happening in my life. Um, but... You know, when we're in the peak and highest, it's very easy. But when we're down and we're bombarded with all these realities of life, as I call it, you know, you can worship God from two hands raised. But if it's really, it's really a challenge, it can be down to one. Then it can be down to none. So in a similar way, everything I feel about my circumstances and trial doesn't determine whether or not God is good or worthy of my praise. So I can decide he isn't good. I can also say he isn't good. It can sometimes feel like he isn't good. But it doesn't change the fact that he is good and he is always worthy of my praise. So now I just want to quickly share a bit, I've got a few minutes left, on why I worship. So number one reason why I worship, I worship to give reference and honor to God. So when I say I want to respect or honor God, that means, what does that mean? That means I put him first. It's the real small things that we do. It's putting him first on a Sunday. You know, just imagine you woke up on a Sunday morning. It's 24 or 25 degrees, and it's a perfect day to go to the beach to surf or take your kids to a picnic or, you know, have a bike ride along the coast. Um, But instead of taking your kids out in the park, you decide, no, it's the best day. Best day ever to go to church, to be in His house, isn't it right? So it's, it's coming to church for me. It's coming to church that lets me worship God. So by singing, which is one of my favorite parts. So if you would notice when you come in on a Sunday morning, that's the first thing we do. We sing praise and worship because we put Him first. So this is how we greet our God. So we welcome His presence. We invite the Holy Spirit to fill the place um, and believe me, it pleases God when, we, when he hears our songs of praise and adoration. So I call it honor the most high. Can everyone say honor the most high? The most high. Thank you. So our singing is more than just a warm-up for the service, or it's not just a filler during the whole um, an hour or so. So singing stands alongside of preaching, as I heard. One of the two great ways that God has ordained us, so for his word to dwell richly in each and one of us. So in the Bible, um, God commanded us to worship um, and no one else but him. So Matthew chapter 4 verse 10, you may see that um, up on the screen any minute now. It says, worship the Lord your God and serve him only, only him. I remember my mom would always say, God is a jealous God because you can't serve anyone else but Him. Um, you may have heard from the Bible, it says you can't serve two masters, you can only serve one. So I remember when I was young, my mom would always ask me to do chores, as she normally would when you're little. And every time I obey her, she'd reward me with something. You know, it could be a little lolly, a candy, or she would whip up a nice dessert or, okay, you've got 30 minutes extra playtime in the afternoon, so you get rewarded. And you can see how happy your parent is every time you obey. So it gives us joy seeing our kids actually obey for any parents around this room. And when they do, aren't we happy? So I can't imagine any parent here today who wouldn't be so much happier if our kids listen and do as they're told, right? now it's the same with god it makes him so happy when we obey his command and we worship him so the minute we make that conscious decision that yes lord i'm putting you first today i'm honoring you today i will worship you today it's it's already an act of worship so if you can actually tell the person next to you look into your right or left and tell them congratulations you are here it's called worship Amen. second reason why i worship god i worship god because i always want comfort from god so i always seek comfort and reassurance Um, when i'm at my lowest i need a boost of faith and i'm sure everyone does i want my that little voice in my head saying z it's gonna be all right or z it's okay i got your back sometimes worshiping god makes us feel secure So, I call it the cloak of comfort. It's my cloak of comfort. Um, In the book of Psalms, chapter 32, verse 7, um, it reads, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Now, you would notice the book of Psalms is full of emotion. It's full of feelings. That's why it's called Psalms or songs. Most of them are also described as lamentations or cries, expressions of grief. Now, King David writes in the middle of pain and fear for his life. Under chapter 34, verse 6, he said, I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. So, there are other examples in the Bible, too. Jonah cries out in misery from the belly of a whale. Jonah, chapter 2, verse 9, But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. So with me personally, I love worshipping God, especially when I'm bruised and broken, which is most of the time, because the pain I feel draws me closer, draws me closer to God. So it's much easier to admit we need God when we need comfort, right? Otherwise, it is a bit scary when you have everything you need. Everything is just going fantastic with your life. Now, you ask yourself, where does God's comfort come in? If everything in my life is going good and wonderful, well, I can now say the more I will worship God, the more I will honor God for He is good. His love endures forever. His blessing, His mercy is new every morning. So I know some people, when they're discouraged, they cling more to God. My sister's the best example. She would, if she's really down and low, she's got lots of problems. She would turn the the music on, put some worship songs on, whether she's cooking, washing dishes, doing whatever, she'll put the music on. So it's really helpful to start our day with just turning up that worship. Um, A friend has told me before, our mind is like a garden. You plant good thoughts, you get good things. Now, you plant bad thoughts, you get bad things. So when you worship God and you just declare His goodness and mercy, we are edifying God and constantly declaring His power and greatness over our life, whatever the situation is at the moment. So this will truly give us a head start, really. It's really good. And then lastly, I worship because I love God i've been through a lot in my life can't remember countless times how many prayers he's answered i might end up with a very long list but um this is a reminder of how much i love god i'm always in awe like i feel like i owe him so much because of his grace and his generosity and his faithfulness even if i'm not faithful he is so when we lift our voice and we sing we don't merely go with the flow or keep up with the beat or just read the words up on the screen. We, we sing with love. We sing with emotion and with conviction at times. Luke chapter 10, verse 27, he answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And also love your neighbor as yourself. So what do we do when we love someone? For me personally, if you love someone, you make sure you look after that person whether it be a spouse, a partner, a brother, a sister, or a friend. You ask that person, make sure they, if they need anything, you look after them, um, you give them respect, you make that person feel that what he thinks or feel matters to you as well. So when you love someone, you try to like the things they love. Not necessarily liking what they love, but at least take interest with it. Make sure that they feel that you care about them. This could be the same with God with God and how we show our love for God. So I try to, to do the things he loves, like being kind. Believe me, I try it. I'm really trying. Being loving to others, genuinely caring for others. I know that he loves to see we put him first. And, you know, when you love someone, you can't just take and take all the time. It always has to be a two-way street so we actually when he answers our prayers when we always ask and ask lord please please i need this what do we do we give back we give back to god and then that's where we go back and we worship so you give back by you know you you show your love for him you be be on church on sundays being involved say joining a connect group to have fellowship with Um, you know other people or learn about him why not join or sign up for an alpha course or being intentional about praying when it's possible come up or turn up on a Friday prayer night so also by serving because you worship and honor God you would like to devote your time and serve in areas where you feel you can contribute so all these things we do I think well for myself I do because this is how I show I love God this is the only time I can pay him back so today, if you've come to church and you told yourself, nah, I don't feel like praising this morning. I'm not putting my hand up today. Like I really can't forget how my workmate um, argued with me last week or my boss at work was so demanding, he wanted everything yesterday. Or at school with your friends, you know, they, you, you, you were upset because they criticized something and what you put on social media. It can be those little things or it could be this, very, very deep pain rooted years and years back, something you can't overcome with, something you've always been praying for, but up to now you can't find comfort, you can't give forgiveness for some reason. But let's remember that worship doesn't only come with a bit of sacrifice in the process, even while we are in pain, the more we should worship God. Under Psalm verse uh, chapter sixty nine verse twenty nine, but I'm sorrowful and in pain. May Your salvation, O God, set me on high. So today, even if it's painful, I will worship God. Like even if things don't turn out the way I expect Him today to be, I I will worship God. Even if I'm sick and my body's tired, you're physically exhausted. Um mentally, psychologically, or even your feeling weak in your spirits, I will worship God. Amen. So today, let's be encouraged to praise and worship God, regardless of what is your why. What is your why in worshiping God this morning? Whether it be a worship to give him honor, whether it be a worship to seek comfort, whether it be worship to just um, glorify him and give back and say, yes, I truly love you. Lord, this is why I'm worshiping you today. But you know, even when we feel close to God or we feel like we are a million miles away, it's not always easy, but he will always be worth it. Thank you very much. Praise be to God. Over to Laura now. Why I serve, that
1: was me. (laughs) Often people that know me are getting to know me Ask me, why do you serve at church? Why do you help at your children's school? Is it because you can say no? That's my, one of the biggest questions that my husband asked. Couldn't you say no to that? Is it because you want to shine like a star? Don't you work? Don't you get tired? Aren't you busy enough? These questions come more often than expected, and they have been present throughout my life. In response to them, I can only say that I have always loved surfing and more if it's in the house of the Lord. I remember at Christmas time, my grandmother used to celebrate New Year's big time. She would spend weeks preparing for this big feast, ensuring that everyone that came on the day was served to the best of standards. I used to love seeing her involved in the preparations and allowing me to help in whatever capacity I was able. My cousins would often come, stare me up, and say, you're the Cinderella of the house, trying to persuade me to stop and go play with them instead. When at school, I had the opportunity to spend many of my weekends helping children at the local orphanage, teaching them to read and write. When at uni, I will spend holidays on missionary trips around the remote communities in the nearby countries of El Salvador, and my heart will fill with such joy watching the children smile and feeling love whenever we were around as a group, despite their circumstances of abandonment, rejection or extreme poverty. Serving in those orphanages, And in those missionary trips, allowed me to experience God's presence in so many ways. I was often um, reminded of how fortunate I was with all I had and what God had given me. And I often came home feeling that I have received more than what I have given in those trips. Nowadays, as a mom and a wife, there is always an opportunity for me to be doing something, whether it's to volunteer at my children's school or here at church. Leading at Life Kids on a Sunday morning, um, having that engagement with the children and see them soak in the Word of God, it's for those that are volunteering already, it's wonderful to see their little eyes spark up and, and just soak in the love of and, and understanding of who God is for them. Or preparing and leading our connect group alongside with Simon, where we often have so many amazing experiences. We have uh, built up this group with opportunities to pray for each other and to grow in the word of the the Lord. It's an amazing journey that we do together as Christians. So I guess that serving is within my DNA or it was in, within my blood since God created me. I saw it through my grandma, I saw it through my mom, and now it's, it gives me such joy to see my oldest daughter, Sophia, starting to serve in the house too with such joy. So why do I do it? Well, because I'm a child of God, and in such, in Him, I am a new creation. As 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. When we serve, the old self-centered us is replaced with an other center us as we shift our focus within us onto others when we serve. We g- begin to see what, others, what, what Jesus is doing in those other people. Second, through my service, I am blessed and I am loved. Jesus came to earth to live amongst us and he served us first, as we find in Matthew twenty twenty-eight. Just as the son of man come not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. He loved us with the, deep, the purest and under of loves. Serving, as Irene just mentioned before, is also a form of worship. And it's through that worship and through the servants that we express our gratitude for what Jesus has done to us. And in this case, what has done to me. It's my opportunity to share the love and grace that I have been given. Another reason why I serve is because through my serving, I am healed. As Jeremiah 37, 17 says, I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. My heart fills with joy when I serve. I feel connected with the Lord and it is evidence that my soul is healing for those past hurts and becoming ready to accept new challenges. Like every time we serve, we go out of that comfort zone and we are exposed And we can either be hurt or be be filled with joy while we do it. Serving also reminds me that I'm accepted and not rejected. And whatever I can contribute to the house of the Lord is worthy. Becoming my way of giving thanks and praise to God for what he continuously gives me and do for me. I have also learned that through having Jesus as the motivation of my serving, my serving becomes a way of experiencing the joy and the peace that comes from obedience. Serene talked a little bit about obedience before. By my serving, I am acknowledging and respecting the sacrifice that Jesus had to his father and the obedience that Jesus had to his father for my salvation and those around me. No act of service is too small to be seen and acknowledged by God. And it's through our serving that we give honor and glory to him, as I just said before. Now, why do I serve? We keep on going. I could keep on going forever. I serve because it increases my faith. As I move out, as I said before, my comfort zone. God increases my faith by revealing my new potential in me and in others. When I can see what he can do when his power is at work within me, I begin looking for the doors that he's opening for me and not trying to push back and look through the ones that he has already closed. Studies have shown that volunteering and serving is so good for the mind and body that it can ease symptoms of depression, of stress, of illnesses. Tapping into our gifts and passions builds self-confidence, energy and strength. Serving others can also be the best distraction to put away our worries. Often, we make all sorts of excuses for why not to serve. I don't have time. I cannot. Spe- I hate speaking in public. Um, I, they don't need me. They have enough volunteers in the roster. Well, that doesn't happen too often. But anyway, <laughs> Lotta makes her amendments there. But the reality is that the Lord doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. God used men and women with similar doubts to the ones that we may have to change the course of history. Moses didn't think he was a leader or a speaker but God worked through Moses to bring Israel out of slavery. David was the youngest of all of his brothers but God worked through David to defeat a giant and eventually made him a king. Paul used to kill Christians before he met Jesus, but he went on to become one of the most highly regarded and prolific writers and church planters in history. So God doesn't just want to work through us, He wants to work in us. I could go, as I said before, on and on and on about why I love serving, but. I guess that wherever I can offer a helping hand, I will be there for it. But at the end of the day, if I don't serve for my own personal satisfaction or to receive any praise for it, the least I'm seen and the least that I'm acknowledged, the more joy I feel in my serving. The ultimate purpose of my serving is to let the love Light and joy of sh- uh, and a majesty of Jesus Jesus shine in my life, like Matthew five says five sixteen says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see you. Say that, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Thank you.
2: So good, so good. Can we give it up for both Zareen and Laura once more? Come on incredible that is a uh, that's a tough act for me to follow but um hey i'll do my best i'll do my best i'm sean as pastor steve already said and uh, i'm stoked to be here uh, i'm so happy you're here and uh, we're gonna have a good time together so we only got a few minutes left um so bear with me stay with me let me know if you're liking what i'm saying say holla and uh i don't know sometimes i wish i was american um, Hey, I'm going to start with a story. Um, it's about a son and two, no, a dad and two sons. And uh, one is older, one is younger, as, as common sense would suggest. And uh, anyway, they're kind of working and, and on the field. So the dad owns a farm, and he's got a house on the farm and so on and so forth. And one day, the younger son goes up to the dad and he says, Hey, dad, I, uh, I want my inheritance. So back in the time, he got an inheritance. Uh, as you know, an inheritance is granted when someone passes on. So it's not a very good thing. And so by this son saying to his dad, hey, I want my inheritance, he's pretty much saying, hey, dad, I I wish you were dead. I want my inheritance now. So this is not like, this is not a nice thing. This isn't the son saying, hey, can I have 20 bucks? I want to go to the movies. This is like, hey, I, come on, pay up. And so somehow this dad is really, really calm, way calmer than I would be if my future son said this to me. And uh, he's like, all right, here you go. Um, Have fun with it. And so anyway, the sun goes off, goes into all these lands, goes into what I like to call ancient Las Vegas and, um, and blows it all on the complete wrong things like just bad things. Don't, don't spend your money on these things. And he, he gets to a point, he's so poor, he can't even afford a meal. He can't pay for a thing. He's like, flip. He's going out to workers where he is in ancient Las Vegas, begging for work. And he's like, "Man, I just, I just need like honestly one cent, one silver piece uh, to pay for a meal because I'm starving." Anyway, finds this farmer and he's like begging him for a job. He's like, "Come on, just just let me do anything." And this farmer goes, "All right, go feed my pigs." And so he goes out with the pig food and get, gets to where the pigs are hanging out. And he starts feeding them. And he's looking at what he's feeding them, and he's like, "Ooh." They look pretty tasty. And so like, I, just side note, I think if you're thinking pig food is tasty, you're in not a very good place. Um, but anyway, this guy, he's thinking pig food is delicious. And he's like, he's, he's got one in his hand. I imagine he's so close. He's, about, he's like, no, what am I doing? This is pig food. And he has a, has a bit of a brain stamp. He's like, look, I think back to when he was at home. And he's like, even the people that worked for my dad, even his hired servants had, you know, clothes on their on their body, they had food in their belly, and a roof over their head. So I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna I'm gonna prepare a speech. I'm gonna write it down in Evernote on my iPad um, back in ancient Las Vegas time. And he's like, all right, sweet. I'm gonna go prepare this. I'll scroll down and show him. Anyway, so he goes back and just asks to be hired as a servant. So. He makes this long journey back and I imagine kind of the dad is sitting on like the porch of his house and he's got a really long driveway for all the cars they had back in ancient days and uh, he's just sort of watching along the road and he sees his son coming and mind you, he's been hanging out with pigs, he's blown all his money so he can't afford a shower, can't afford to go to the laundromat and uh, he's been hanging out with pigs, so again, not in a good way, right? Anyway, he sees his son coming and back in the time, I don't know why, but dads didn't run. It was just a dishonorable thing. They will really really compose and, hmm, <laughs> I am a dad. Oh, I don't know. Why did dads do that? Bear with me. And uh, <laughs> I'm not a dad yet. I don't know. Um, sees his son coming and he's just like, it's my son. Gets up and bolts. He just launches across and he sees his son coming so far away. And he just plants hugs on him, squeezing him so tight, kisses everywhere. Dude's been hanging out with pigs. Gross, right? And uh, anyway, the, after a bit of hugging and kissing and, and all this, you know, reunion stuff, the son's like, wait, 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 dad, I've got to pull up my iPad. I've got a speech for you. And, and he says, dad, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. I stuffed up. Like, I should never have. And the dad pretty much cuts him off. And he just shouts back to his house. He's like, servants! kill the fattened calf, get this man a robe, get him some sandals, get him a ring. My son is back, we're gonna celebrate. And so they do just that. They head back home, and there's partying, there's dancing going on, it is an amazing time. And uh, anyway, we can't forget, there's a, third, there's a third character in this story, it's the older son. And so the dad kind of steps out from the party, needs a breather, needs some fresh air, it's pretty hectic in there. And um, the oldest son, the oldest son comes and he's like, dad, what the heck's going on? Like, why are you partying? Where's well, my invite? And, and the dad goes, hey, you're my, my son, your younger brother, he was lost, but now he's home. And so we're celebrating. And the older son goes, yeah, but I've been with you all this time. Where's my party? Not once did you throw a party for me. I don't get it. And he's like. Let me reiterate. My son was lost. Now he is home. You've been with me always. You've never gone without. You've always had my provision. But your, your son was lost. Now he is found. And so we celebrate. This story is so powerful for me. And it's actually a picture of our relationship with God. You see, the dad in the story, he's a picture of our heavenly father, God. And we as humans, we can fall into a place of either the older son, or the youngest son? And for me, well, it was definitely the youngest son. Uh, for me, I grew up in a non-Christian home, so I really had no idea about God, didn't really know anything growing up. Um, and I was like the younger son, as I said, but even more foolish. You see, the youngest son like, kind of experienced some of the goodness, and it was like, "Nah, Dad, I think I know better. And then he walked away. Well, I just thought I knew better without experiencing any of it and still sort of just didn't care. So, you know, good on me. Um, I just had no idea and no curiosity to even pursue it. So, um, yeah, good on me. Uh, But still, this is the coolest thing. Just like the dad in the story, God waited for me to come home. He just waited. He's sitting on the the heavenly porch. We'll imagine some clouds, right? And he's just like, come on, son, come back. And uh really, it was actually in an atmosphere not too different to what we find ourselves in today that I encountered the love of God, and uh flip that's seven eight years ago now wow and uh i from from that moment, my life was never the same. And I truly believe this, that if we do encounter the love of God, and we do receive it, that our life simply cannot be or look the same. It inevitably has to change. And as I went on that journey, I grew to learn more about how much He loves me. And I knew that He gave His one and only Son for me, that I would not perish, but have eternal life if I just believe and receive what He has done for me. Knowing that He is for me is a feeling like no other, and He is for you too. Can you, can you just imagine the feeling that younger son would have had? All the guilt, all the shame, all the, oh, really, really blew it this time. And then and then the dad, who has every right to be, now you have to work for me and I'm giving you half wages and you're only getting half portion meals. He had every right to be like that, right? But instead, come here, son. You're home. You're where you belong. Come into my arms know my love and so to answer this question why i love well it's pretty simple it's because god first loved me i had actually no idea how lost and how broken i was before he showed me a better way you see his love for me not only transformed my life but it actually saved it i was on a, i was on a crash course straight to death and God came and he's like, no, no, son, I've got more for you. I've got better for you. So in response to his love for me, I attempt to show my love to others through my actions, through my words, through my life as a whole. And I'm not going to pretend for a minute that I've got it down to a fine art. I'm still on a journey learning how to do it better. I think, I think that's the reality of it. We're not perfect. But I firmly believe that in light of the lavish display, which was Jesus on the cross, laying down his perfect life for a broken and hurting people, which is us, that we simply have to do the same. That is our only response, to do the same, to love selflessly, to love without regard. It's what we're called to do and it's what I'm committed to doing, to laying my life down to others. This dad, he loved his son with an absence of selfishness, And an absence of pride, we are to do the same. And Steve touched on these a little bit at the start. But for me, practically, what it actually looks like, I spend a lot of time around youth guys. It's a big passion for me. So it looks like during the week, I catch up with up-and-coming youth leaders. And I'm trying to mentor them, trying to help them out. It looks like bringing them to and from church on a Sunday. It looks like running a midweek connect group for my youth kids. These things, right, they cost me. I'm not going to pretend that love is free and easy and, you know, whatever. It costs. It costs me in terms of fuel, time, and money. But I do them because of love. And so for those who may not find themselves in the same context as me, what can that look like? It could be doing the school run for your friends, kids, as well as your own. It could be cooking a meal for the family or friend that you know is doing things a little bit tough. Or maybe they're a bit short on time. It's taking someone out for coffee and paying for that coffee, mind you. But also just being a friend that they can listen to and be around. It's helping your, friend, uh, your family around the house. It's these things and so much more. It's so diverse how loving can look like. Our choice to love in the same way that God loves us, has a cost. But I believe we are to love above all, and simply put, it's what we are called to do. Loving others is honestly a really hard task. Impossible to do consistently unless we know that we are first loved. I couldn't do it. (laughs) I'll be honest, I couldn't do it if I didn't know that God loved me. If I think about myself, before I knew the love of the Father, I was broken, hurting, selfish. I cared about Sean and that was it. I needed to know that I was loved before I could start loving others. And that might be the starting point for some here today. Knowing this truth, because it is true, it doesn't matter what your life has looked like, you are loved you've got to know you are precious and adored you are not a mistake and he is for you you might be feeling like that younger son coming here today feeling a bit gross feeling like you've been hanging out with pigs and in pig troughs and you're a bit messy and you've blown it that god our heavenly father would have nothing to do with you to that i just say come as you are you do not need to have it all together The younger son had been groveling with pigs. came back to the dad. Without shame, the dad flung his arms around the son and kissed him, immediately clothed and fed him. Can I let you know our heavenly father is the same? There is no reservation in his love. He showed his love for you by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross in your place so that you could know forgiveness, so that you could know freedom, but above all that you would know love. So if you're here this morning and you know, That now is the morning that things change. Now is the time that things shift. Now is the morning that you say yes to God. Say yes to accepting Him into your life. Letting His love come in. Letting it be like that warm embrace. Then in a moment, we're going to count to three. And if that's you, when I get to three, just pop your hand up really high. It's just simply an external uh, display of what's going on on the inside. It makes it that much more real. So if I could invite everyone to close their eyes now, please. Now is the moment to know that you are loved and to accept it. So if that's you, raise your hand nice and high. One, two, three. Yeah, I see that hand. no need to be ashamed, no need to be fearful. We have a loving, gentle, and forgiving Father. I'm just going to allow this to go for a bit longer. With every eye still closed, just repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me thank you that you forgive me. I ask you to come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Help me to love as you love me. In Jesus' name.